0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Words With Me podcast. I'm so happy you're here and listening. For those who've been here before, welcome back. And if you don't already know, my name is Karsten Bush. I'm an engineer and I'm a millennial, and I'm finding my footing while becoming the highest version of myself. I know I've been away for a little bit, but don't worry, I've been okay. Actually, I've been great after... Passing 200 total plays on the podcast. Yes, I am celebrating myself and I'm celebrating my small wins and I'm taking the time to share the good news with you all. And it's definitely a small milestone, but in the grand scheme of things, I was worried about even getting one play when I started. So it's good to look where I am now and actually take time to appreciate where I've gone. So I wanted to give a quick thank you for being here and for supporting the podcast. While I've been away, I've taken a bit of time really just to reflect on what I want my life to look like and how I want to live my life. And as you can imagine, this has involved a lot of introspection. And if you've been there, too, you know that sometimes your thoughts can get away from you. And it's one thing to trust yourself and your instincts, but it's another thing to realize just how far off you can go if you let your thoughts go too far. Sometimes you can completely lose track of what you were even focusing on because you might get distracted, or maybe you're bothered by something to the point where it seems like you can't function. And for those reasons, I wanted to talk about quieting the mind, monitoring your self talk, and gaslighting yourself. Now, I'm no expert, and if you already know, I never claim to be, but. I'm realizing that taking hold of my thoughts is a daily practice and it's really a challenge. There's no time to get caught up thinking about a TV show I might have watched last night when I'm supposed to be doing work or daydreaming if I'm trying to drive somewhere. Really, it's easy to see the ways in which your mind can kind of take hold and go a little bit crazy when you're not paying attention. But in my efforts to learn more about myself and my thought process, I've been reading through The Untethered Soul by Michael a singer. And first, I'd recommend reading this book and just taking some notes while you do. There were multiple chapters I kind of had to reread again, just so I could understand what he was saying. But there's a lot to unpack in that book. And I was introduced to it while I was on Clubhouse in one of the chat rooms, and I've really been enjoying it. But in the book... Michael Singer discusses the relationship between our thoughts and our emotions and at the same time he makes this question a lot of things we think about ourselves and just the thought process that we might already have. I can't lie though I had heard some good things about the book before but I was a little bit skeptical at first. I was new into learning about mindfulness and I just started practicing yoga and meditation on a regular basis, so it was one of those first steps into mindfulness and understanding what it really was. Um, and I really didn't know what I was getting myself into, but you know, I can say I'm happy that I gave the book a shot. Ultimately, the goal of the book is learning how to achieve an untethered soul, and you know, of course, I was kind of concerned. You know, what does that actually mean? What does that look like? Uh, But to quote directly from the book, the goal is really to help uncover the source of fluctuations of inner energy and really just helping us be free from habits that aren't serving us, from certain emotions and patterns that limit our consciousness or limit our potential. And as I was reading through the book, one thing that stuck out to me was the comparison that he makes between our thoughts and a noisy roommate. And I want to say this is in either the first or second chapter. But basically, he says majority of the thoughts that we have are unrelated to each other and really of no consequence. So you, know, you might be focusing on one thing and a random thought pops up that has nothing to do with what you're focusing on. So those kind of thoughts are the ones that don't really serve us. Um, and we have to learn how to control those. And it's a pretty meta concept, I would say. Uh, But he's essentially trying to help us learn how to separate ourselves from our thoughts, which sounds like a pretty big ask if you ask me. Um, But sometimes we have to quiet our minds in order to really get down to the important stuff or to really focus on the things that really matter. I can say for myself, it's easy to get distracted either by, you know, thoughts that I have about myself or maybe concerns that I have about how other people perceive me, worries and insecurities and things like that that kind of get in the way and I would say the goal for me even doing this podcast and sharing all this information with you all is helping not only myself but you know helping you get to a point where you feel more in control of yourself and you trust your decision making your thought processes and you know just becoming a more well-rounded person Um, And some tips if you struggle with learning how to quiet your mind and focus, you can try exercising, listening to music, going for a walk, you know, or my personal favorites, I really enjoy meditating or doing yoga. Why is it so hard for us to quiet our minds in the first place? It's all well and good to have all these tools and tactics in place for moments when we might feel distracted or feel a little off balance. But I think it's also important to understand why we end up in that space in the first place. Before we get in a little too deep, I have to first say that the mind can really be a beautiful thing and a beautiful place. So don't take this as me saying you can't trust yourself or trust your thoughts. Um, Introspection for one is a great ability. Imagination is always wonderful and it keeps us going and being creative. And really our minds shouldn't be taken for granted. The problem is sometimes that our minds are always working. And if we're not thinking of one thing, we're thinking of something else. So there's always something going on up there. And all that white noise and clutter can be distracting. And it can also be pretty harmful. Our minds are basically always trying to solve problems or perceived problems. So, for example, if we make a mistake, rather than just acknowledging it and learning from the mistake, We can, in turn, put blame on ourselves or be harsh in our thinking, and we're doing it because we feel that it might help us be better or motivate us to do better next time. We can be our own cheerleader, and at the same time, we have the capacity to become our own worst critics. And I think we can all say that we've been our own worst critic at one point or another. It's really easy to be hard on ourselves because it's easy. We have access to all of our fails are our mistakes, and we sometimes we focus on those things rather than our successes. And really, it's like we think being mean to ourselves is going to help the situation. And I mean think about it. If you made a mistake or you messed up a project and your boss, your supervisor, manager, you know, whoever decided to yell at you and berate you, do you really think that that would help you? Would you feel good? I know I wouldn't, so I think the answer is no. So why do we do it to ourselves? Well, for one thing, it's much easier to come up with negative thoughts than positive thoughts. A little critique is okay, but we shouldn't only be reinforcing negative thoughts. We could be preparing for worst case scenarios or maybe thinking of alternatives for when something we want doesn't go the way we planned. And there's nothing inherently wrong with this because in a way we're protecting ourselves. We're trying to keep our options open so we can adapt to changes and the unexpected. I, for one, am all for having plan B, C's, D's as needed. And you know, at a certain point, if we do too much of that, we might end up getting stuck in our own negative feedback loop. <music> Negative self-talk could look like saying things such as, I'm not good enough for this, I'm not smart enough, things will never go the way I planned them to. And this type of talk limits our capability to reach our full potential, and it keeps us from taking risks and, you know, really believing in ourselves. There is a link to a really good article I read about negative self-talk, but according to the article, some of the consequences of this type of inner dialogue we have Include limited thinking, perfectionism, depression, and challenges in our relationships, either um, friendships, romantic relationships, just really having a hard time being our full selves and trusting ourselves to know what we're doing. And I think about it in terms of my own experiences. I know in undergrad, I had a lot of moments where, you know, maybe I failed or I just didn't get a concept straight away and I didn't have the proper tools back then to fully understand, okay, this is something that happened, but it doesn't define me and I can move on from it. But almost to the point of obsession, you could say, you know, something like that might happen. And in order to protect yourself, you do everything that you can to make sure it doesn't happen again. So if it really triggered you or made you upset, One of the things that you might do is just make sure you do things that don't put you in that situation, which, you know, you're really limiting yourself. You're falling into this habit of perfectionism because you just want to make sure you're never making a mistake. And it's not the way to live life because mistakes are going to happen. And, you know, I say we should normalize making mistakes, normalize understanding that mistakes happen and really just take the time to move on from things. Um, we have to give ourselves enough space to learn the lessons and walk into the next phase of our life. But, you know, really these types of thoughts and criticism, they don't just affect the way we see ourselves. They affect the ways in which we interact with other people. So take, for example, try to make new friends as an adult. How can you make friends if you keep telling yourself nobody wants to get to know you or that you're not interesting? Um, What about going for a new job? So how are you even going to apply for the job if you keep telling yourself you aren't qualified and that you're not good enough? So, again, speaking from my own experience, it's really easy to criticize myself when I fail or when things just don't go right. And that kind of leans back into those perfectionist tendencies. And, you know, I was much harder on myself than I really needed to be. And I didn't deserve it. And you don't deserve it either. Mistakes happen, and life is anything but predictable, and we all know that the only constant in life is change. We have to be able to adapt to challenges without hurting ourselves and limiting our own growth in the process. And I look back on all those moments I was crying about an exam or thinking that was the end of the world because I didn't get the grade I wanted, and it really wasn't worth the time, and it affected my self-esteem back then. So some ways to actually minimize negative self-talk include stopping your critics. So once you catch yourself criticizing yourself, put a stop on it, hit pause, you know, take a break, don't go there. Um, Or, you know, remembering that your thoughts and feelings aren't always reality. So some things seem a lot worse than they actually are. Um, Or, you know, stopping the thought altogether if something negative pops up. Put in a positive thought. Kind of counteract that and just stop it altogether. And something I love doing is shifting my perspective and really reframing your thinking. So not necessarily putting all of that weight and burden on you when things don't go right, but kind of separate yourself from it. Don't think about it as, oh, I'm failed and I messed up. Just take it as, okay, this didn't go the way I wanted it to, but... I'm learning a lesson from it, and now I can move on to better things. And that's probably my favorite tactic. Um, Reframing, for me, helps me look at a situation for what it is and learn a lesson without criticizing myself and without making a big deal out of something that, in the long run, won't even matter. And I think that's one thing I got calmed out on um, during my sessions was just being too hard on myself. Um, You know, if you experience a bit of perfectionist tendencies and some imposter syndrome, Um, It's easy to be hard on yourself, and I personally have to keep it in check, but it's a daily challenge, and I think it's something that we can all relate to. And what I've learned is that the solution to my problems shouldn't be creating more problems for me to solve. Talking down on yourself is never really helpful, and it ends up doing more harm than good. Um, We shouldn't be talking down to ourselves, and when we do this, we start gaslighting ourselves. And if you haven't heard of gaslighting, it's making someone question their own reality. And gaslighting—it's kind of become a bit of a buzzword, uh, particularly when it comes to dating and relationships. Uh, and if you want a good example, you know, I would say check out that whole Brendan Piper Natasha situation that went down. Um, if you are a fan of Bachelor in Paradise, if you've watched Bachelor in Paradise, I just think it's a good case study. And if you listen to my episode on America's Next Top Model, you already know I get into some reality TV, and it's fun to take some lessons away from the things you watch. And while I am not claiming Bachelor Nation, even though I did watch a whole season of Bachelor in Paradise, you know, so do with that what you will, um, I thought it was really interesting to just bring it here because I wanted to talk about it, so let's talk about it. Basically, Brendan um, was paired with Natasha from the beginning. So they met, they got interested, and, you know, just let the relationship play out as they were on the beach, kind of having conversations, going on dates together, just really enjoying other's company. But what ended up happening was Brendan essentially played Natasha, and really his goal was to string her along all in the hopes of lasting on the show long enough um, to wait for Piper to arrive on the beach. And once Piper showed up, there was some speculation and rumors about whether or not they were dating, if they had been in a relationship. Um, And if you watch the show, I think they try to leave it up in the air a bit, but the conclusion really is that Brennan and Piper had been talking. They had talked before he got on the show and They all found it disrespectful just because they're coming onto the show to meet people and be open. And it's assumed that you are single and that you're not in a relationship. Over that, once Piper showed up, he, Brendan, started gaslighting Natasha And told her that all of the, you know, these kisses and late conversations weren't romantic at all. And that she somehow misunderstood their friendship. And she took things that he was saying out of context. And, you know, just really trying to backpedal on the things he said to make himself look good. If, you know, that's not gaslighting, I don't know what is. And I don't know too many people who kiss their friends. But, you know, I'll let you be the judge of that. There's plenty of YouTube videos talking about it if you're interested. Um, Black Cholorette's on Instagram, I love their page. They had a pretty good breakdown of the situation too, so definitely check them out. But gaslighting is a red flag. Like in that situation, um, a lot of people are just getting better at spotting. But at times we do have to turn the tables on ourselves. And that's where self gaslighting comes in. So, we could be gaslighting ourselves and not even know it. The self-sabotaging thoughts we have and the mean things we say to hurt our own feelings when we're not keeping those things in check. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much gaslighting. Our feelings and emotions are valid and we need to be making the space to fully experience and acknowledge them. We aren't doing ourselves any favors by downplaying how we feel and we wouldn't want people lying to us and manipulating us, so we shouldn't do it to ourselves. And again, I think sometimes this happens um, in a sense of protection, or because you want to just make sure that oh, I'm not being too sensitive, or maybe I'm overreacting, or I shouldn't feel this way. And I think that happens if you know you've experienced cycles of abuse, whether it's you know emotional abuse, mental abuse. Um, But if you've been in environments where maybe people weren't taking what you said seriously, don't put that on yourself or make it seem as if it's your fault that people were gaslighting you. If someone starts gaslighting you, it's because they're not valuing how you feel and they're more concerned about protecting themselves and their image rather than just being fully honest and forthcoming about the ways in which they hurt you. And I'm going to link some articles in the show notes that talk about self-gaslighting and how to overcome it. Um, It's such a huge thing to talk about. And I would recommend reading through those articles if you're interested in figuring out whether or not you have been gaslighting yourself or maybe just to see if someone's been gaslighting you. I think just tying together these ideas of quieting your mind, monitoring your self-talk, and gaslighting yourself. Um, It's really important for me to explore, but I think that they all tie together so well. We don't really realize how much of the way we think about ourselves, the way we speak to ourselves. Um, I don't think we always realize how much of an impact that has on the rest of our lives or the way in which we navigate through new friendships, new jobs, um, new opportunities, and Really what I would like for myself is just getting to a point where I'm not necessarily caught up in my head all the time, right? So I know how to look at a situation for what it is and learn the lessons I need to learn, improve and become a better person, and really just not allowing myself to be in this space where the only thing that I can do well is criticize myself. I am pretty introspective. I like to Look within and, you know, just think about the lessons that I'm learning, what I'd like to improve on, who I'd like to be. But it does get to a point where sometimes you just need to quiet the mind and really be in the moment and just not overthink the things that you're doing or second guess yourself in your life decisions. But hopefully you took something away from this episode. Um, I know that was definitely a lot to discuss and I tried to weave it all together as best as I can. Um, And I may not have been able to cover everything, otherwise we'd be here for a much longer time. Um, But uh, we do have to do the work to not only make sure we're surrounding ourselves with people who support us, but we also have to make sure we're doing a good job of supporting ourselves and really just showing up for ourselves. Quieting the mind, monitoring your self-talk, and watching out for self-gaslighting are great ways to make sure our mental and emotional health are being prioritized. So here are affirmations for this episode. My thoughts and emotions are valid and I respect them. I don't self-sabotage and I do what I can to maintain my self-esteem. I am worthy of respect and I am worthy of the respect I show to myself. I am worthy of love and kindness and I am worthy of the love and kindness I show to myself. I encourage myself, and I don't put myself down. So that's it for this episode of the podcast. If you made it to the end, thanks for sticking around. Let me know what you think about this topic. How do you monitor your self-talk, and have you ever gaslit yourself before? You can leave a voice message with the link in the show notes, or you can DM me on Instagram at podcast. Thanks again, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.